At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, this is your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Uh. Check it out now. Uh. No doubt now. Uh. Monday morning, November 11th, 2019. The podcast is Gil Alexander. Guessing lines, week number 11 in the National Football League. Our tribute to the old Stardust radio show that Roxy Roxborough was a part of as we try to uncover value in the upcoming week's National Football League line, something we have done very well this year up until last week. Last week, a bit of an exception. We'll resume our prescient ways, though. We'll try to anyway this week. Taking a stab at these lines with Chris Andrews, Guessing Lines, Week 11. Play along with us right here on the Beating the Book podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, he is the South Point Hotel Casino Sportsbook Director, and of course he's my mishpucha. It's Chrissy Andrews. Good morning to you, Chris. So I have a couple of weeks I could beat you in the 40-yard dash. Okay, let's, uh, let's get <laughs> don't, lined up here pretty don't, quick. <laughs> don't get crazy, Chrissy. Don't get crazy. Uh, how are you doing? How, you feel? how are you feeling, buddy? I know you went through your thing this last week. I'm, I'm feeling great, man. You know, here's the, beauty, here's the beauty of the human body. It numbs you, right? Like it protects you. Otherwise, you'd be in severe pain. And so the body goes numb. And then once the surgery happens, they put you on drugs. So all good with yeah. me. You know, didn't, didn't affect my football okay. watching. Although I will say this past guessing lines, I think up until last week, guessing lines, I was sort of ahead of the market. It would come to me and everything seemed pretty good. Uh, I botched a bunch last week. And anyway, the results didn't follow. So last week was uh, one of these shows that didn't work out. I'm sure you had a spectacular Sunday. We had a very, very good Sunday. And uh, me personally, I'm in a couple contests, did rather well. I'm looking back over my notes, the games I gave out on uh, guessing lines. I gave out the Bills, which was either a push or, or, or a loser, probably a push for most guys that bet them. Give out the Giants, a winner. Falcons, a winner. Bengals, well, we lost a close one there. <clears throat> um, the Steelers, I like. You know, so pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty so, good. And then the, the sports book. Yeah, you know, we did pretty good. We had a good day. 
He'll leave it at that. I'm sure you did. Uh, let's do it for yeah. those who are just landing. Although Jeff's wrong. Saturday was not very good. Really? Saturday was not very good, friend. No, Saturday okay. was not. I don't know about anybody else. You know, I I, I didn't check uh, my compatriots in the business, but I know Saturday. I mean, it wasn't terrible. We wound up a li- slightly on the plus, but very slightly. Yeah, you know, well, it was not a particularly good day. All right. Well, look, as you always say, no one's going to cry for you, and you got it all back on Sunday no. more, I'm sure. No. All right, let's do this. For those who are just landing on the show for the first time, Guessing Lines is a tribute to the old Stardust show, which is, uh, I've been in cocoon since last night. I immediately, when the games are, are ending, I grab into, I do notes for games yesterday. I don't see the lines. I take a guess at them. Uh, and within this exercise, then Chrissy tells us what he's going to post here at the South Point right when we get off the air in a couple hours. And in that exercise, we hope to find value, at least a first uh, salvo, first approach at uh, handicapping next week's lines in the National Football League. More often than not, this is a very valuable exercise, and more often than not, again, last week accepted, this has really been, if we trusted our first instincts here, probably the best way about going uh, – towards uh, beating the National Football League. Let's start with Thursday. And, of course, when we do these, we'll look back on yesterday's games as well. What is Thursday night this week? Two good primetime games this past week, and we got a third good one tonight. Yeah, we got a good one coming up Thursday, at least for, uh, for a lot of people, myself included. Pittsburgh at Cleveland. You were right about Pittsburgh. You were right about that yesterday. Pitt- <laughs> Pittsburgh's 5-4. and four. Pittsburgh has the same record yeah. as teams like the Dallas Cowboys, the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, who else is in that mix? The Rams, teams that we had other, had other perceptions of. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Prior to the season, and the Steelers have gone from one and four to five and four. Before we even get into this against the Browns, has this been Mike Tomlin's best moment as a coach? In your opinion, you're a lifelong Steelers fan, and has this changed your perception of Mike Tomlin? Well, I personally was always a, a Tomlin supporter. I think he was on the ropes a little bit last year. He came down the last couple of weeks. I felt he had to either beat New Orleans or New England to keep his job, and he beat New Orleans. Uh, they did not make the playoffs, but they made a pretty good run at it. I think, again, when you look at Mike Tomlin and what he got out of <laughs> Antonio Brown for you know eight of his nine years as a Steeler is just remarkable. I uh, also got a lot out of Le'Veon Bell, who, you know, is, you know, Tremendously talented. I'm not sure he's, you know, very happy in New York. He might be. I don't know. But he's got a lot out of those two guys. You know, and neither one of them were high draft choices. Uh, Bell was a second round choice, and uh, Brown, I think, was a sixth round choice. And then this year, you know, Gil, and you're right. I do sing the praises of the Steelers a lot. I am a fan. But look back at their losses. Okay, they got blown out by New England, and I think that really distorted the perception. Since then, their losses are to Seattle. San Francisco and Baltimore. No shame. You know, no shame. You know, all four of those losses are to the top teams in the NFL. Yeah. Their defense is playing great. Offense, not so good. You know, but they're winning some ball games. And I think Mike Tomlin, at this point in time, you know, would conceivably be coach of the year. I think he's done a terrific job. There's yeah, absolutely, really absolutely a case to be made for that. And I just, for, for those of us who just thought he was a, uh, you know, a good speech giver. Uh, you know, this has this has really shown a lot. I think uh, about Mike Tomlin here. Yeah. Now, their decision, the Steelers' decision to send a 2020 first round pick to the Dolphins uh, mid September in exchange for Minka Fitzpatrick, uh, hours after they lost Big Ben to his season-ending injury. 
uh, we were here sort of saying, okay, great, now you lost Ben Roethlisberger, and now you're mortgaging the future. Well, this has turned out to be a phenomenal trade for the Steelers. And again, yeah. yesterday, Fitzpatrick uh, returns a fumble, and I put fumble in quotes. We'll get back to that in a minute. Yeah. 43 <laughs> yeah. yards for a touchdown, second quarter. Uh, had a pick at the end of the game in the final seconds. He's had six takeaways now, five picks, one fumble recovery in seven games with the Steelers. Just absolutely ridiculous. Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick has been just a boon for the Steelers. He's got to love the move that he's made from Miami. He wanted out. They gave him his wish. Now, I will say this. This is what drives NFL fans, and particularly NFL betters, crazy. I don't know that that's a fumble. Parlay and I were talking about this before the show. He thought that was a fumble. There was nothing about that motion to me. Up in, Everything I've been led to believe is the rule. I think that's an incomplete pass. But it was called a fumble. Um, second quarter, it's third. In the, keep in mind the situation. Second quarter, the Rams have third and seven at their own 41. You're inside the two-minute warning. There's 156 left. The game is seven to seven. The game is very much in the balance at that point. That is the entire, you know, it's a game-changing play right there. I'm not sure that's a fumble. I'm not sure how you saw it. I think it could have gone either way, but I, I was looking at Twitter yesterday when it happened, and the guy made a great point. If that's Brady, that's not a fumble. Exactly. Yeah. So, that's exactly. So we'll and you can't I talk mean, me that, off that. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I don't dispute that. I don't dispute that. One more thing, though, about the Minka Fitzpatrick trade. I said this at the time. Not that I was so much for it or against it, but I understand the Steelers' philosophy at that time. Their, their goal every single year is to put a contender on the field and they don't tank. They're not playing for next year. And everybody told them they should do that. Hold on to that draft pick. They, they were going to be, you know, right there with the dolphins is the worst team in the NFL and Steeler management certainly didn't think so and didn't react that way, you know, and that that's their message to the, to the locker room, to the coaching staff, to the, the fans, ownership, everybody. No, we're going to go out there. We, you know, we're, things look bad. We're going to try to get back in this race. And obviously they have right now. And I mean, there's a lot of football left to play, but right now I think they are the leader for the number two. They are. Uh, they wild are. card spot. Yes. Yeah, but I mean, like I said, long way to go. But I'll tell you what, you look at their schedule, and, you know, we're going to get to this game in a minute, and I'll just, you know, tip my hand a little bit. They're going to be a slight dog this week. Then they played the Ravens last week of the season. But all the rest of the games, I think they'll be favored in all the rest of their games. So they have a good shot of getting into the playoffs. And then once you get in the playoffs, listen, you got to get lucky. I mean, you know. Is New England a better team? Absolutely. But you know, best, best team doesn't always win. If you get to the playoffs, this version of the Pittsburgh Steelers, you got to be thrilled with that. Mason Rudolph yesterday, by the way. So the Steelers do end up winning the game, of course, 17-12. to 12. They do so as four, four-and-a-half-point dogs, depending on where it closed at your shop. Mason Rudolph yesterday, 22 of 38 for 242. One touchdown, no picks, sacked three times. James Washington, six catches, 90 yards with a touchdown. Steelers did have a lot of penalties, though, right? 13 penalties for 107 yards. They only mustered on offense 273 total yards, but it was without James Conner and Benny Snell Jr. in the backfield. But the defense, it's all about the defense. They already have 26 takeaways this season after managing just 15 all of last year. Steelers get the win. It's at Cleveland, division rivals. Cleveland gets their first win at home yesterday. Uh, They, how can I put this, is the word outlast the Buffalo Bills 19 to 16? (laughs) 
Um, Baker Mayfield, Probably seven. appropriate. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I, I don't really know what yeah. else to use there. Baker Mayfield, seven-yard pass to the long-lost Rashard Higgins. Well, with 144 left, Cleveland snapping a four-game losing streak. Uh, streak rather, Buffalo game-tying field goal try with 22 seconds left. Uh, did not clear the upright. Stephen Hauschka was off the mark on a 53-yarder. Um, earlier, Hauschka missed a 34-yarder. Mayfield, 26 of 38, 238, two touchdowns, no picks, two sacks, or twice sacked. Nick Chubb, even with the appearance of Kareem Hunt, 20 carries, 116 yards, seven catches for 44. Uh, Kareem Hunt did make his debut, 74 combined yards in the game. Uh, Jarvis Landry, nine catches, 97, a touchdown. The Browns, though, here it is, even in victory over the Bills, and we'll get to the Bills and Josh Allen, who still does everything with his feet, not with his arm. But they do benefit from the Hauschka misses. The Browns scored just three points despite 12 plays inside Buffalo's three-yard line. <laughs> Say that again. Three points despite yeah. 12 plays inside Buffalo's three-yard line. The Bills, in fact, stopped the Browns on eight straight plays at the one. The equivalent of two goal line stands in the first quarter alone. Your victorious Cleveland Browns who get off the schneid, as Chris Berman used to say, with the win. I mean, all that said, it's a division game. It's Pittsburgh at Cleveland. This, to me, has to be Cleveland minus three, right? Well, there was threes around last night when I took a first glint. And I don't like looking at the numbers before this morning either, too, by the way. But I couldn't help but looking at this one. There was a lot of threes around. They're pretty much gone. It's down to two and a half. And uh, and I'm going to open it two and a half because I still see three with some juice on the dog mostly two-and-a-halves, uh, a few with two-and-a-half juice on the favorite. But I'm going to open two-and-a-half. And, and uh, you know, what you said there is really was – you kind of read my mind here. Uh, if you look at just the raw numbers, Cleveland should have won that game much more easily oh, than yeah. they did. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, that's the thing. You know, the Steelers, we talked about their defense. You know, defense gave up three points yesterday. The offense gave up nine. Uh, and I don't think – I'm not sure if Cleveland plays the same way. You know, let me, I don't know how to phrase that. If they don't execute when they're supposed to this, like they did yesterday against Buffalo, they're not going to get away with it against the Steelers. And they barely got away with it yesterday. You know, eight plays in a row, you know, inside the, the, the five or it's wherever amazing. the hell they were. It's amazing. Yeah. I mean, they came away with nothing. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, you look at the raw numbers again, you know, Baker Mayfield played well. Nick Chubb was fantastic. How did they only win by three points? And, uh, you know, again, we we keep talking about Freddie Kitchen as the coach, and there's problems in that organization. And, you know, they lose a lot of games they're supposed to win, and, and Steelers probably have won a few games that they're supposed to lose. And uh, I'm going to open two and a half, but i got to tell you, if I see this trending lower, I'm going lower. I really I do like Pittsburgh in this game. I, personally, I thought this game should be closer to a pick them. Oh, I had, uh, three was the only thing that popped in my head here for all the reasons stated. Like, if Pittsburgh's winning games, they probably shouldn't. Cleveland, you know, barely winning games, they should blot. It's just a tough, tough matchup to uh, predict. But that's a good Thursday night game for sure in the AFC North. Yeah. Cleveland now three and six. Should we do one more here before the break? Let's do one more here on a Sunday morning. Ah, this is a tough one. You got Dallas and Detroit, and there's no numbers now, right? You know, we had to take this game off the card, unfortunately, because of Matthew Stafford uh, with his back, and you get broken bones in his back. Man, Jeez, I can't believe a doctor wouldn't sign off on him playing football. You know? <laughs> By the way, did we have did we have any indication of this the entire week until the very no. late? Yeah, none. They keep these no. things. It's amazing. 
I had wise guys bet me on Detroit, you know, I'm up sure. until the end, you know, uh, and then this came on. I, I, you know, I knew he, he was, you know, and I asked some guys, I said, what, what's when, when the first announced that he was questionable or doubtful, whatever it was, they, well, his hip's been hurting him. You know, I, so, I mean, we didn't even know about the back. So, um, you know, I don't know. But like I said, this was a big surprise. So right now, that's the next game on the docket. No numbers whatsoever. And you can see why. Uh, where's my notes here on that game? Yeah, Jeff Driscoll, not exactly a stellar college quarterback. But he wasn't terrible yesterday. He's almost brought him back. Decent. Yeah, almost brought him back yeah, yesterday. Yeah, he was pretty decent. But, I mean, Stafford really has had a terrific year. I mean, uh, you look at that Detroit team. I mean, he has really carried that team this year, and you know, a huge difference from Stafford to Driscoll. But like I said, Driscoll played okay, uh, but you know that's just not a good team without Matthew Stafford. Yeah, uh, yesterday Detroit losing to Chicago, twenty to thirteen. Chicago just does get the cover. They were six and a half point favorites in that game. Uh, as we were alluding to, though, Jeff Driscoll, twenty-seven of forty-six for two sixty-nine, one touchdown, one pick. He was sacked twice. Did have five carries for 37 yards. Detroit loses for the fifth time in six games. Such a Detroit Lions kind of season. 3-5-1. and one. Yeah. Uh, And they ruled out the 31-year-old Stafford right before kickoff. Hip and back injuries. He had started uh, 136 consecutive games. First time he's missed a regular season game since 2010. And uh, the word is, quote, day by day, week by week. That's going to be the assessment of Stafford moving forward. So who knows when we'll get a number on this. Uh, Chicago nearly gave away 14-point lead. Driscoll uh, with the late orchestration of the of the late drives. 47-yard touchdown pass to Kenny Galladay. It's cut at 2013 with 5.53 remaining. And then Detroit from its 10 got all the way to Chicago's 25 on the game's final drive. But with the ball on the 25, uh, Driscoll overthrows Marvin's Jones, uh, Marvin Jones Jr. in the end zone. Time expires. On a play that, by the way, never would have counted because there was an illegal forward pass and a penalty anyway. And Dallas, as we all saw last night, they lose to Minnesota 28-24, to do so on their home field as three-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, Dak Prescott, 28-46 of for 397, yeah. three touchdowns a pick. He was sacked only once. Amari Cooper filling up the box score, 11 catches, 147 yards a touchdown. Randall Cobb, 6 for 106 and a touchdown. But Zeke on the ground, yeah. 20 Carries for just 47 yards. Uh, they were 9 of 15 on third downs. They had 443 total yards of offense. A lot of people complaining about the sequence at the end that um, Jason Garrett and company didn't get it right. That on the final drive, Dallas from their own six yard line, not the final drive because the final drive was the Hail Mary, but the one before that, Dallas down four points, matriculated all the way from their own six with passes. Uh, deep passes, 20 yards at a time, pretty much, 18, 20, that sort of length pass. They get all the way downfield, and then it ends up being, uh, you know, second and two, or, yeah, I think it was third and two, uh, deep in Minnesota territory, and instead of still going to the pass, they went with Zeke. I didn't have a problem. They they had a, a couple running plays to Zeke, second and two, third and two, and then they threw a strange pass to Zeke. I didn't really have a problem with that. I know it didn't work for Dallas, but that's the guy you're paying. I thought that was a lot of results-oriented analysis after that. Not sure how you felt about that. Yeah, no, I would disagree with you because I think if you look at the coaching on Minnesota, and they mentioned that during the game, it's like they were determined Zeke Elliott was not going to beat them. So that, And they stuck with that philosophy all the way through the game. 
And, uh, you know, Dak Prescott, I thought, really played well. He did. I mean, I'm looking at his QBRs, 87.5. You know, he was really good, I thought, the whole game uh, against a pretty good defense. Um, but then they, they switched up at the end. So I would disagree with you on that one, Gil. Sure. I think that they should have kept throwing the ball, and Zeke, uh, we're not going to let Ezekiel Elliott beat them, and they didn't. And, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, again, a lot, of, a lot of fault goes to Jason Garrett and uh, Moore, who's their play caller. Uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe, um, maybe the drugs want me to defend Jason Garrett, Chris. I can blame everything <laughs> on the drugs. I've done that before too, yeah. you know, not for a while though. <laughs> uh, but but if it's Driscoll, Dallas is going to be favored by more than a field goal to say the least. That's my, that's my oh guess. yeah yeah okay sure all right yeah. no line yeah. no there. numbers at all though I don't see any numbers whatsoever. All so, right yeah he's just Stafford's just too important. We'll come back. We'll get some more Week Eleven lines. So hard to believe we're at Week Eleven already in the NFL, and of course in the process we'll review. What went on yesterday is all brought to you by the BetMGM app here on a numbers game where you can get in on the action by downloading the new BetMGM app where first-time players can make their first bet completely risk-free up to $500. The same guys that brought you the Borgata in Atlantic City with this new betting uh, app with all the betting options and easy deposit withdrawal methods that go along with it. Just download the app. Use bonus code VEASAN500, uh, rather. That's VEASAN500 at sign up to get your $500 risk-free bet. That's bonus code VSIN500 to place your first BetMGM wager risk-free. You can sign up anywhere, but you got to be in the state of New Jersey to place a bet. BetMGM, it's how you play the game. Download the app today. Got to be 21 or older, New Jersey only. Restrictions apply. Coming back, guessing lines, week 11 in the National Football League, right here on a numbers game at VEASAN. Welcome back to A Numbers Game with Gil Alexander. Back on A Numbers Game here. Guessing lines, week 11 right here at Beast in the Vegas Stats and Information Network, Series XM Channel 204. Parlay's laughing at me. Why are you laughing at me, Parlay? Why? Tell the truth. I'm not, I'm not going to say anything. I'm not throwing you <laughs> under the bus. You're already on a scooter as it is. That's right. I'm on a scooter. <laughs> Give a man on a scooter a break. Uh, Chris, let's bring Chris Andrews here for a second. Uh, the uh, South Point Hotel Casino Sportsbook Director, of course, is uh, hanging with us as he always does, guessing lines. He is, for goodness sake, the show here. You can follow him on Twitter at Andrew Sports. Uh, question from uh, my buddy E here, Chrissy, who you know as well. Yeah, Ask Chris sure. how badly he was sweating a Dallas field goal win with Dallas driving to go ahead down four. Would that have negated your whole day with them dancing between three and three and a half? Uh, it would have negated probably about a third of the day. <laughs> How's that? Probably, wow. so not the whole day, maybe a little more than a third. But that was huge. We were most certainly holding our breath here on that on those last couple drives for sure. Yeah, interesting. Uh, and by the way, our other buddy Chris Felica, the Bear, mm-hmm. he reminded me that uh, I think you were on this text too, that the Steelers got screwed against the Ravens on a pass interference. Right. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. So they could easily be six and three right now. Yes. Could you imagine? Yeah, no, I mean, Oh, we'll get to, we'll get to roughing the passer penalties on this show too. Cause we got some tweets about it. I want to get to it too. Uh, let's do some more on Sunday morning, week 11, this coming Sunday. Okay. New Orleans at Tampa. All right. So what was that yesterday? Uh, I don't know, but that was very good for us. I can tell you, whatever it was, it was a thing of beauty. I can tell you that. Atlanta, who everybody just wanted to just crap on, come out and dominate the New Orleans Saints, who were 14-point favorites. They beat the Saints 26-9 to yesterday. Uh, we'll get to Atlanta. But as far as New Orleans, um, 
boy, I mean, how, so many ways to look at this. First of all, the Falcons ended their six-game slide with, the, with that uh, win. The Saints had not been held without a touchdown at home with Breeze running the offense since 2006, his first year in New Orleans. But it was the Jeez. second time this season, if you recall, the Saints had not found the end zone at home. Remember that 12-10 to 10 win over Dallas with uh, Teddy yeah. Bridgewater filling in for Breeze. Yeah, that was Teddy, yeah. So, Breeze, when you look at the box score, 32 of 45, 287 yards, no touchdowns, no picture. Like, well, okay, what's the problem? Six sacks. He was yeah. sacked six times. Now, now, keep in mind what an anomaly this was. Or just, or how, I shouldn't say anomaly, how this came out of nowhere. Up until this game yesterday, the Falcons had a grand total of seven sacks. That's an NFL low. They came in with seven sacks. They had six yesterday alone. It happened against the Saints offensive line that had allowed 12 sacks through their first eight games. They give up six yesterday. Again, you look at the box score, Michael Thomas, 13 catches, 152 yards, but only 310 yards of offense for the Saints. And here's the real thing, only 52 yards rushing. The other thing that really bit the Saints, and the Saints were coming off an extra week here, 12 penalties for 90 yards. They had four. Chris, do you ever remember a game where a team had four hands-to-the-face penalties? That was pretty remarkable. So if they're 12 yeah, penalties. never once in my life. Yeah, never. Yeah, four in one game. Uh, and by the way, the refs caught every single one of them. Um, yep. They're at Tampa, you said. Tampa Bay ends a four-game losing streak. Uh, Jameis Winston, 30 of 48, 358, one touchdown, two picks, sacked four times, three carries, 40 yards. It's your typical Jameis box score in Tampa Bay's 30 to 27 win, <clears throat> excuse me, over Arizona. They do not cover the four and a half or five, uh, or five point closing spread, but Tampa gets the win. Uh, drove 92 yards, did the Bucks for the winning touchdown after J- uh, Jamel Dean, cornerback uh, who had played terribly the previous week against Seattle, you remember? In that um, <clears throat> 40 to 34 overtime game, he was getting beat left and right. But he ends Kyler Murray's NFL rookie record streak of 211 consecutive pass attempts without a pick. Um, denies the Cardinals an opportunity to add to their 27 to 23 lead. Mike Evans, four catches, 82 yards. Ronald Jones Jr. filling up the box score, 11 carries for 29 yards and a touchdown, eight catches for 77. Bucks penalized severely as well, though, nine for 94. It's kind of just the norm now in the NFL. Winston's interceptions, by the way, even with a victory yesterday, gives him 13 turnovers in the past four games. He's still Jamison. Uh, so all that, New Orleans at Tampa Bay, New Orleans will get dinged, obviously, for that loss yesterday, but they're still New Orleans, and they're still Tampa. So I'll say New Orleans by, uh, what's my number here? I said New Orleans by four. Here, slightly low. It's, uh, I see one, four and a half, uh, but mostly five, even even a straight five and a half here and there. I think five's okay. I, I really thought this might come a little higher. Uh I expect the Saints to rebound. You, know, you said it wasn't an anomaly. I would beg to differ. <laughs> the sack thing was a total anomaly. I mean, how the, the the Falcons got in Drew Brees' face like that yesterday, I was shocked. I mean, now, Made no you, sense. anybody listen? Yeah. If you listen to the show last week, I opened this game 12 and a half. And I told you even then, I liked the Falcons in the game. I just thought it was too high because they, as bad as they've been, it seems like they're close. And, uh, you know, yesterday they really kind of put it all together. But I like the plus 12 and a half. 
Joe, you know, I went all the way to 14 on this game. And uh, even at the 14, I, I had like one guy bet me two dimes plus the 14. That was it. I mean, we had nothing on Atlanta. This was a, a huge game for us. Tons of money line uh, action on New Orleans. But I think I think New Orleans bounces back here. So I'm going to open I'm gonna open five. It just gives me a lot of flexibility. I can go to four or six off the bet because five is still a pretty dead number in this league. Uh, but I, I thought this would come higher. I, I, I somewhat like New Orleans in this spot. It was it was so interesting because after this game, I couldn't wait to see what was what was Atlanta on third downs because New Orleans could not get them off the field. At least that's how it seemed when watching the game. And then I'm like, oh, six of fifteen. Uh, did we lose Chrissy right there? Six of fifteen. I was like, oh, that's not that. It wasn't as dramatic as I thought it was. Uh, but six of 15 nonetheless, but uh, six sacks of Drew Brees. And as I mentioned, the key stat there, Falcons came in with an NFL low seven sacks. They get six alone in that game and a Saints offensive line that had allowed just 12 sacks through their first eight games. Uh, Drew Brees, six, half, 50% of their entire sacks uh, to that point of the season in that game yesterday. So just a complete uh, outlier in that one. We have Chrissy back. Let's go to the next game. So yeah, I said I yeah. said four, okay. and you're and you're going with five here. I'm going to go with five, but like I said, I, I I sort of like New Orleans in this spot. I just think uh, you know I, they have to rebound off of that game because I do think they are really I don't know about the cream of the crop in the NFC, but they're certainly right up there, and I think they will rebound after that. And uh, you know, Tampa was a little lucky winning that game yesterday. They weren't clearly the better team, certainly. Yeah. Anyway, uh, next game up, we have those same Atlanta Falcons at Carolina. Okay, NFC South game, Falcons, who we just talked about. Matt Ryan, 20 of 35, 182, two touchdowns, a pick, sacked once, returning from an ankle injury. Uh, as I said, 6 of 15 on third downs, 1 of 1 on fourth. But Atlanta's defensive dominance, here's what they changed. Dan Quinn reassigned Raheem Morris from receivers back to the secondary. So Raheem Morris gets to take a bow because that that was the one significant change they made before that game, and that made a whole bunch of difference. Carolina yesterday, uh, they lose to the Green Bay Packers by the by the score of uh, twenty four to sixteen. Green Bay covers as five five and a half point favorites in that game. Preston Smith, Green Bay's uh, defense, stopped Christian McCaffrey at the goal line as time expires. Packers win at twenty four to sixteen. Snowy Lambeau Field. Panthers got the ball with 225 left on their own 11-yard line, trailing by eight. Kyle Allen uh, matriculated the ball down the field. Uh, 12-yard pass to D.J. Moore on fourth and 10 with 56 seconds left. That extended the drive. They also benefited from an offsides penalty with 13 seconds remaining to convert another fourth down. Uh, McCaffrey had found the end zone on a three-yard run to cut the lead to 24-16 to with 11.58 left. And then Panthers coach Ron Rivera elected to go for two instead of attempting the extra point. That failed. So they were in a position where they were down eight. Even had they had scored there at the end, they would have still had to convert a two-point conversion. Now, I got, yeah. some, I got a tweet or two about that where folks were like, how do you feel about that? And my answer about them going for two down eight, my answer to that is incomplete. I said, one, as, as Ron Rivera says, it's completely the analytical way to go. Now, so this first, let's just say this. The notion that he's Riverboat Ron is now the most inaccurately dubbed nickname there is because he's by the book, Ron, in doing that. He's going strictly by the book. I can't answer the question because I don't know how in-depth Carolina's analysis is of this. Are they just, you know, on the one hand, are they just given a book like, oh, analytics say to do this, let's follow it sacredly. 
Or on the other hand, do they get together and do they say to themselves, well, uh, this is the reason why we're supposed to go for it. And based on our personnel and the opposing team's personnel, let's just not do, do, do this, you know, blindly. It still makes sense for us to do things this way. And here are the numbers uh, with two-point conversions, expected points with two-point conversions and with extra points. So I don't know how in-depth they get to it. I don't have a problem with it on the surface. Um, a good game for Kyle Allen, 28-43, 307, one touchdown, one pick, three uh, sack three times. McCaffrey, 20 carries, 108 yards, a touchdown, six catches for 33. Uh, but they did allow uh, Aaron Jones three touchdowns on the ground. We'll get to the most egregious play of this game, but I'll say Carolina minus six at home against Atlanta. Uh, you know, you're pretty much right on. It's anywhere from five and a half to six and a half. Uh, I'd say six, the predominant number at this point. I'm going to open this game five and a half. Um, I've kind of been a, I hate to say an Atlanta believer, but I've just really have been waiting for this team to finally wake up. It just seemed like they had a lot of pieces in place, but um, the, 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 what did we say last week? I can't remember who we were talking about, but some of the parts yes. did not equal the whole, you know, and I still think they've got a shot to get this thing to, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying they're going to make a playoff run or anything like that, but I just don't think they're all that bad. And by the way, I was looking at Carolina. Are we sure Christian McCaffrey didn't get into the end zone on that last play? We're not. Uh, I'm not so sure about that. But me, I'm looking at my notes. Boy, they, they really did shut down Christian McCaffrey. Oh, he only had, what do you have here? Like a hundred and right. some yards on the ground. <laughs> you know, they really shut him down. Yeah, 108 yards on the ground. Uh, but that's one of his worst games of the year. But the, I think the, the, the defense played very well for Green Bay. Uh, but, you know, Carolina's good. I don't think they're great. I, I think I'm going to go to five and a half here. And, you know, if they want to bet me up to six, I think that's okay. Because like I said, I, I don't think they're a great team. I think Atlanta has some potential to, like I said, make a run? No. But get, show a lot of improvement over the last half of the season. I think they do have that potential. A few things here, just to clarify. I think I said uh, the the hole is worse than the sum of its parts. I said that about the Cleveland Browns, I believe, Yeah. Uh, last yeah. week. Uh, two, and I can't even remember what two was, uh, so we'll get to three, which was, to me still, what I will remember about this game, and this is what, again, We've only gotten through a few games here, and it's the second time I'm saying this. This is what drives people crazy about the NFL now, and particularly people who are betting on the NFL. Um, one, it's not even about Ron Rivera's decision. It's about what happened at the end of the first half. It's third and 13 at their own seven-yard line for the Green Bay Packers with 421 left. They're up 14 to 10. Um, Aaron Rodgers drops back to pass. It looks like the play is blown up, and they're going to have to punt the ball. Carolina's going to get the ball in good field position. At the very least, you can assume a field goal attempt, probably, on that final drive. But nope. Gerald McCoy, who looked to go out of his way not to land on Aaron Rodgers, gets flagged for a roughing the passer penalty. And it gives the Packers new life. The Packers matriculate all the way down the field, <clears throat> excuse me, for the remainder of the first half. They make an absolutely what I believe to be a just ridiculous decision to try to punch the ball in for a touchdown, first and goal at the two, yeah. uh, first and goal at the one with, with two seconds left in the half. 
instead of just kicking a field goal, going up seven and getting the ball back at the beginning of the second half? Like, why field goals aren't cool enough now for certain teams? Like, it's just, the analytics thing has gone crazy with people. Like, the pendulum has swung too much. Just kick a field goal. Get some points there. Uh, they, By the way, they did end up scoring a touchdown in the first drive of the second half. But back to the McCoy thing. By the way, the poetic justice is that McCoy was the one who shot through the line and stopped that play, uh, the final play of the first half. So the Packers ended up with nothing. But that play... I mean, it cannot be emphasized enough. That call changes, perhaps, the entire outcome of that football game. And it's so clearly, he got flagged for playing football, Chris. I've said it before, like, it drives me nuts. And I don't want to be that guy who comes on here every week. But the NFL is so saturated with this on a week-to-week basis that it makes, you know, as I said it last year for the first time, it's one thing to watch it. I'm betting on this when I don't even know what I'm betting on anymore. Well, two things I want to say about that. You know, first of all, I think it's like a Taoist saying or something like that. Says, you know, the more laws there are, the more laws will be broken. Yes, and that you know applies to the NFL. The more rules they are, the more rules will be broken. Uh, the other thing, I, you know, I, the analytics on that on that final play. You know, when you're down at the goal line, there part of the analytics is if you miss it, you help you you have them at the one yard line. Well, the half's going to end, so you don't have them at anything. You know, go kick the field goal and go up by seven. That's exactly right. I mean, that's the thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, if it's the middle of the third quarter, yeah, you go for it, sure. Because, like I said, if you miss, yeah, you hold them in a bad position. But this, the half was going to end in seconds. It's just not a well-thought-out decision by Green Bay. But, yeah, you're right. The the penalty before that really easily, easily could have changed the entire game. So So, I I said Carolina minus six, and you said it's right around there. Uh, anywhere from five and a half to six and a half. Six really is the number, but I'm going to open five and a half. I do see five and a half around. I think I think I like five and a half a little bit better here. All right, we'll take a break. We'll do more uh, week eleven guessing lines. These lines so far with these matchups, pretty uh, pretty mechanical so far, for lack of a better term. Uh, nothing too outrageous yet. We'll come back. We'll do more with Chris Andrews right here on a numbers game at Feast. Welcome back to A Numbers Game with Gil Alexander. We get tweets at Beating the Book. Always appreciate the feedback. Matt Terse at Warrior013. I'm convinced that no one knows what will happen in the NFL from week to week. Sure, we might all hit on this lock, quote-unquote, that we had. But in general, we're all clueless. Throwing a point spread. Good Lord. Um, New York Mess 16. I'm glad Chrissy said it uh, that if it's Brady, it's not a fumble. Talking about the Jared Goff fumble. I agree. Uh, Look at Green Bay where Rodgers got rough and called, but Allen had head twisted and refs missed, quote-unquote, the face mask call, almost like star pitchers getting the corners. Um, Paul Tony, my favorite show, guessing lines. Thank you. Uh, James Lang, when Chris talks Steelers philosophy, I can't help but think he's talking about the exact opposite philosophy of the Skins and Lions. Nodding my head silently. Yes. Brian Wright, uh, Game Plus, 238. I'm Optimum Cable this morning. Not on. It says it's on Channel Info, but they're showing some video game. We've got a couple Game Pluses uh, on Twitter. Uh, they're having tech issues this morning, Jeffrey. That's why they're not uh, airing this for people. Are, people want their guessing lines, man. So everybody who uh, checks us out on Channel 238 there, uh, don't worry. It's just a uh, thing. Hopefully they get that corrected. And uh, Dr. Peter Bregman, glad all went well with your surgery. Uh, again, cannot recommend the injection of exosomes highly enough. Look it up. Stem cells. All right, I'll look it up. Chrissy, let's get some more lines. What do you got? What's next, week 11? I was recommending the injection of morphine, which is what they gave me. <laughs> that seemed pretty good. You're a big, big fan that of the morphine? Okay. <laughs> I'm a big fan, yeah. Uh, that's right. 
<laughs> Next up, this is, uh, this is a quirky game here. We've got Jacksonville at Indianapolis. Um, uh, Foles will be the starter for Jacksonville. And I think we're not positive who the starter is going to be for Indianapolis at this point. But, uh, you know, so this is a kind of a funny game right now. I'm going to guess it's Jacoby Brissett because I think he was close to playing yesterday. And Brian Hoyer, yeah, I think so. Yeah, didn't exactly light the world up on fire. No. Indianapolis is lost to the Dolphins. They lose outright 16-12 to 12 as 10-and-a-half or 11-point favorites, depending on where you saw the close. Hoyer, 18 of 39, 204, one touchdown, three picks sacked once. So only 300 total yards for the Jaguars yesterday. Uh, Dolphins converted three Colts turnovers into 13 points, and that was it. Red zone stop in the final uh, minute of the game. Hoyer took three chances at the end zone. All were incomplete. Fourth was an eight-yard completion to Eric Ebron on fourth and ten. That does not work out with the math. By the way, Adam Vinatieri, sixth extra point miss of the season, and that caused the Colts to need a touchdown when they reached uh, the Miami 16-yard line with less than a minute to play instead of a tying field goal. Uh, this is three. I'm not going to belabor it. This has to be Indy minus three, Jacksonville coming off the extra rest. Yes? Uh, two and a half. Uh, two and a half is a low mark. Two and a half with some juice I see on the favorite. Three with juice on the dog. Oh, man, this is a tough one. I, I think I'm going to open three. You know, we do everything at 11 and 10 here at the uh, South Point. Uh, so probably either way I open it, they're going to bet me that way. Uh, I think Brissett. I can't believe this number hardly moved uh, with Brissett out of the lineup. I mean, when it first yeah. came out, I lowered it to the low man on the totem pole as far as uh, you know the point spreads, and they laid it to me pretty good. And uh, I'm looking at Hoyer. What was his QBR? Four point four. So he takes the prize for the low uh, <laughs> low mark of the week. And he was that bad. He really was. Uh, I think with J- Jacoby present in the game, I mean, they, they, they win this game. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to open, uh, I guess I'm going to open three. I think it's a tough one though. Um, I'm not sure where they're going to take me on this. This, this is going to be an interesting game to follow through the week. Cause I'm not sure what to take of either uh, quarterback at this point in time, but it, this is going to be interesting. And I think we'll do a lot of action on this game because people are going to have opinions. People going to have opinions. It, it is interesting. It's the year of the non-move on quarterback changes, non-move in the betting market. The most glaring yeah. example was when uh, Wishnev and I were sitting here the morning that Brian Flores said, no, we're going with Ryan Fitzpatrick, not Josh Rosen. And that thing didn't budge. And we couldn't believe yeah. it. We couldn't believe it. Um, by the way, the Dolphins, the only thing I get consistently right from week to week. What's the next game here? Let's sneak in one more. <laughs> uh, Denver at Minnesota. Well, after yesterday, Denver's going to be on extra rest here, too, right? They're coming yeah. off a bye. Yeah. Uh, after last night in Minnesota's, I mean, can I say Kirk Cousins' signature moment? I believe that uh, Joe Buck said this. Kirk Cousins' signature moment as a member of the Vikings in terms of he was beating, great. Yeah, in terms of beating a good team on the road. Cousins was 23 of 32 for 220, two touchdowns, no picks, was sacked just once. Dalvin Cook, man, 26 for 97, a touchdown, seven catches for 86. The Vikings were 8 of 14 on third downs. They were one for one on fourth. I'll say this is Minnesota minus 10 because this will be Brandon Allen and the Denver Broncos. Yeah, 10, I see a little bit even higher than that, but I think 10 is a good number, uh, kind of a low total. So we're expecting a, kind of a defensive game, but I think 10 is okay here. And uh, Kirk Cousins really, I, I thought, played his best game of the season for sure. 
But uh, Dalvin Cook was fantastic. He really was. And the Denver, uh, the Minnesota defense was terrific as well. Uh, even though they, they, they let the uh, Dak Prescott have a pretty good game, but they, they they went in and I mentioned it before they decided they were not going to let Ezekiel Elliott beat them. And they didn't. Um, I don't think Denver has anywhere near those kind of weapons. The only, the only fear I have is Minnesota looks so good in prime time. Uh, this number might get a little overinflated. I don't see it going to nine and a half, but I do see it maybe going to 10 and a half uh, with the public on it. If it gets up too high, you might want to take Denver uh, in a game that figures to be very, very low scoring total. I'm looking at right now is like 38 and a half. So, uh, you know, points may be worth taking if this number does go up, which I think it will. Yeah, Minnesota minus 10. Again, a return to normalcy on the show today. Uh, No outlandish guesses, no way off so far. Anyway, we've got another hour to do. We'll see if uh, some appear. But so far, uh, pretty much in pocket with these guesses. We'll come back. We'll do more. And a word on uh, LSU Bama and the Heisman Trophy coming up on a numbers game at VEASAN. Welcome back to A Numbers Game with Gil Alexander. So you would think my first thoughts Friday morning, because I knew I had uh, to go under the knife that day for the Achilles surgery. Uh, You would think my first thought was, oh, man, I got to have surgery today. Nope. First text I got that morning when I woke up was from uh, Felica. Uh, Quote, well, there goes the Chase Young Heisman campaign. (laughs) And so as soon as I read that, I'm like, oh, no. Could this day get worse? Uh, So Chase Young immediately suspended. Um... That was the first thing. And then on Saturday, of course, LSU and Bama, what a football game. Everything we could have hoped for uh, from an LSU-Alabama game. And uh, Joe Burrow won the Heisman Trophy that day, period. What are the, what are the updated odds here at the South Point, Jeff? Joe Burrow minus 1,000 now. Uh, Jalen Hurts, second favorite at 12-1. to 1. Fields at 15-1, to two at 20-1. to 1. It's going to take something really crazy for Joe Burrow not to win this thing. At yeah, this if you point. go to like DraftKings, you'll see people like Chase, you know, like 50 to 1 to be on it. That, that's it. It's it's Burrow's to lose and I don't know how he loses it at this point. Um, so that's the deal. Chris, do you expect like zero money to come in on this anymore? Yeah. God, we get murdered on Joe Burrow. <laughs> we do. So I really, I was, uh, well, we had a lot of money line play on LSU on Saturday. Uh, you know, the point spread was actually, uh, you know, pretty well bet on both sides, but a lot of money line on LSU. And I do agree with you, Joe Burrow, I think won the Heisman on Saturday. So we really kind of wanted Bama to win to take away some of that steam on Burrow. But uh, we, we did beat up pretty good with him winning the Heisman. And I think it's, you know, not quite a foregone conclusion, but pretty darn close at this point. Could you define, so, uh, could you define beat up pretty good? Because what's that market like? Uh, it's pretty significant. I got to tell you. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, I don't want to throw out numbers. Okay. Jimmy does that all the time, but I don't <laughs> ask him when he's on the show. He'll tell you what it is, but it's pretty bad. <laughs> this is way too you early know, for Jimmy, Chrissy, for God's yeah. sake. Yeah. No, Jimmy's up. He's just probably having his uh, egg McMuffin at McDonald's <laughs> right now with his coffee. But uh, ask him when he gets that. Like I said, he, he throws out the numbers. That don't throw them out quite so readily. Cool. Uh, by the way, Gil, can we go back and uh, I'm going to amend the number here. Uh, Carolina, I said I was going to open uh, five and a half. I'm going to open that six. All right, that's my guess. Uh, All right. Yeah, the, the uh, tight end for Atlanta, Hooper, who's uh, I think has 56 receptions as a tight Hooper, end, leading yeah. tight. Yeah, leading tight end receiver. 
And uh, I got to jump Devontae out, Chris. Freeman. We'll, we'll finish that thought coming up. We'll get okay. some more lines. Right. We'll get to we'll clarify his thought coming up on a numbers game at Feeson. Support for today's show, as always, comes from bookmaker.eu, an industry leader for close to 30 years now. You know how the bookmaker motto goes. It's where the lines originate, because chances are your sports book follows their line. It's not just their motto. It is the truth. It's a high-volume sports book best suited for the sophisticated player who understands sports betting, also caters to large recreational players. Perhaps that describes you. But here's the deal. They're first to post odds. They take the highest limits, and they pride themselves on never having kicked out a winning player. I cannot stress enough how big that last thing is. They're all big. But that last thing is increasingly rare in this global landscape of sports books. And right now, of course, as always, if you visit bookmaker.eu slash gill, that's bookmaker.eu slash G-I-L-L, join today. You can claim an exclusive 100% welcome bonus of up to $300. Once again, it's bookmaker.eu slash gill to join and claim your welcome bonus of up to $300. I wouldn't bet without them. It's the truth. Bookmaker.eu slash gill. It's a numbers game with your host, Gil Alexander. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Hour number two of Guessing Lines right here on a numbers game at VEASAN, the Vegas Stats and Information Network, Series XM Channel 204, VEASAN.com, the VEASAN app, FUBO, Sling, Game Plus. Uh, it's all brought to you by the BetMGM app, by the way, where first-time players can make their first bet completely risk-free up to 500 United States dollars. Same folks who brought you uh, Borgata, Atlantic City's premier hotel and casino. Be with you all season long with a wide variety of betting options and easy deposit and withdrawal methods. Just download the app, use bonus code VSIN500 at sign up to get your $500 risk-free bet. Bonus code VSIN500. To place your first bet, MGM wager risk-free. You can sign up anywhere, but you got to be in the state of New Jersey to place a bet. Bet MGM is how you play the game. Download the app today. Got to be 21 or older. New Jersey only. Restrictions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. That's the Bet MGM app. VSIN500, the code you you need to use. It is Gil Alexander. Jeff Parlay, producer number five, is here as well. I'm hopped up on drugs, so that's fun. No telling what I'll say. Um, but last thing about the LSU Alabama again on Saturday. LSU 46, Alabama 41. Uh, Bama was uh, favored by five points. Closing line in that game. <clears throat> Not only did Joe Burrow win the Heisman, but when I was watching Tua Jeff. Just when I would, just when I would get the thought, man, Tua. I'm not sure. I'm not sure where I would draft this guy. Like, I was just downgrading down. And as soon as I would have that thought, he'd throw a dime deep. Man, he throws a nice deep ball. But he's too hurt too often. He's too brittle at that age. Um, and not that it's his fault, but that's just you guys. You know, what does Paul Spore say in baseball? Staying healthy is a skill. And uh, I'm not sure Tua has that. And uh, good, for, uh, good for LSU. Here's what will be interesting this week. And, of course, the uh, second rankings come out tomorrow. Again, only the last one matters. But where will Bama go? We know where LSU's going. Where will Bama go? Will they drop below Oregon and Utah? Or will they be ranked ahead of Oregon and Utah? Because if, if you put them below Oregon and Utah, in what world are those two teams better than Bama? Just stop it. Even understanding this is a Bama team that doesn't have the big dogs on defense like they used to in previous years. But come on. Yes, Jeffrey. I think Bama's going to be four. I think they only slide one spot. One spot? You think only one? Yeah. What, I mean, so you think Clemson's still going to be five? No, I think Clemson's oh, going to be. I think, I think Clemson's going to be three. Yeah, ben, I think, I think it's LSU, Ohio State, Clemson. One, two, three. They're getting all those three teams are getting in, assuming yeah. they uh, went out. Even Ohio State could suffer one loss and still probably get in. Clemson's not losing. Uh, 
I think Alabama, it's either Alabama or Georgia, number four. You can't just – the Pac-12 teams are nowhere near as good as Georgia-Alabama. No, they're no not way. even close. Let's just stop with that. It'll be interesting how it plays out tomorrow. Uh, let's bring in Chris Andrews. I don't know if he has any thoughts on that, but I know you wanted to clarify the Carolina thing again. Carolina, who you're putting up as six-point favorites uh, in their game this coming week uh, against the uh, – who are they playing again? Who do we say they're playing? They're playing the – the Atlanta, Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. So Carolina's going to be six-point oh, yeah, 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 favorites, yeah, yeah. you think? Yeah, yeah. Carol, I, I'm going to go to six. You, you know, Hooper and uh, Freeman look like they're – Hooper's out. Uh, Freeman looks highly questionable. So two pretty big offensive weapons for Atlanta. So I'm going to go to six. Five and a half and six. I'm gonna, I, was, I was leaning towards five and a half, but now I'm going to go to six with it. There's still five and a half around, by the way. But uh, I like six a little better. Back to your college football. Don't win the games on the field. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sorry. Win the games on the field. Not it shouldn't come down to a vote. First of all, there should be eight teams and five conference champions, and then vote in three teams. Uh, you know, I think it's ridiculous. You know, you don't even win your division in college football. But Ohio State and Alabama, they'll get in. They don't have to win anything. It could be seven and five. And someone, oh, are you telling me they're not better than Oregon? You know, I don't care. Seven and five. <laughs> Uh, Felica Jeez, says, Felica oh, says Georgia Come will be on. four. He said, Felica just tell yeah. said Georgia will be four. I think he's right. Um, he's probably right, but yeah. geez, I'll go win it on the field for God's sake. Don't just have let you Condoleezza Rice vote you in. Jeez, <laughs> come on. Oh, sure. Pick on Condoleezza, Chrissy. <laughs> well, her and about you know 20 others. Yeah. You know, no, let, you go win it on the field. Oh, so that that was I mean again it only it doesn't matter till the end but for it matters betting for futures tickets that people have but I, I it, it's how I started it on uh, on Wednesday of last week it's interesting from the perspective because you have the rational thought perspective which I was talking about on Wednesday which is the only problem I have is that they're inconsistent right they vote one team four instead of five based on resume which they did Penn State over Clemson but at the top they're Ohio State over LSU just because they're better at football they say so there's all kinds of inconsistencies and I think that's sort of a rational way to look at it but then there's the conspiracy theorists right <laughs> who are like oh well, they're just trying to get a Pac-12 team in there no matter what so it'll be interesting to see how how this plays out it's certainly fun to talk about uh, we got games to get to though Chrissy let's let's uh, continue with week 11 in the NFL what's next Here's a great one. The Jets at the Redskins. Yes. <laughs> Clear my schedule. Um, yeah. The Jets win uh, yesterday. They beat the Giants. Uh, they do so by the score of 31-24. to 24. Congratulations, Jeff Parlay and, and Jets Nation. Sam Darnold after the game, by the way, they do so as three-point closing dogs. Sam Darnold after the game yesterday. Uh, if we win out, we can still make the playoffs. <laughs> That is a quote. He's technically yeah. correct. Okay. He's, okay. He's technically correct. Uh, the Jets are two and seven. It should be noted. You're, you're not uh, looking at the standings incorrectly. The Redskins are one and eight. The Redskins are coming off uh, some rest here. Uh, Sam Darnold yesterday in victory, 19 of 30 for 230, one touchdowns, no pick, uh, sacked twice. He ran for another score, snapped the Jets' three-game losing streak. They were plus two in turnovers versus the Giants. Giants lost their sixth straight, by the way. Uh, but they gave up 308 yards passing to Daniel Jones, who had four touchdown passes. They did sack Daniel Jones six times, but Slayton scored twice on him. Golden Tate did. They did hold the Giants. Here was the key stat of the game. They held the Giants to 23 yards rushing, 20 of which came from Daniel Jones himself. And Saquon Barkley... 13 carries for one yard. And when you make a team one-dimensional, it's a lot easier to play football. 13 carries for one yard. 
Um, I'm sure Lombardi's going to have a lot to say about uh, that, including Saquon's ability to uh, chip block. Uh, if I say the Redskins are favored, will you accuse me of being a homer? <laughs> I still have the Redskins minus two and a half here. Well, that's interesting. I see this game from one all the way to two and a half. And let me just say, probably the outfit I have the most respect for has them at two and a half. I like it. I, you know, I was, I you know, I have today. trouble going there. Yeah. Pa- Parlay is looking at me like I'm crazy. I am on fire, Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm going to stick with one and a half here. I, oh my God. Meanwhile, let me say that because the Giants have a week off, so we're not going to get to the Giants. I always thought Sam Darnold, like my knock against him is he does not protect the ball, whether it's throwing interceptions or fumbling. Daniel Jones is worse. I mean, I've never, (laughs) my God, protect the ball for God's sake. Jeez. Oh man. So, I mean, like I said, giants have the week off. Maybe they put some glue on his fingers or something in the next week. uh, So he'll learn something. The Jets, I thought they played pretty well. Um, like, you know, the, the Giants certainly helped them out. But uh, I think one and a half is okay. It's, you know, it's still the Redskins. And I'll tell you what, I could see already right now what's going to happen. There is going to be so many six-point teasers oh, on the yeah. Jets, oh, taking yeah. them plus seven and a half. Absolutely. And I do not blame them one bit. Nor it's almost I. like you're handing them a win. You know, that's that's right. the yeah, seven and a half on this game would be ridiculous. It's like you have one in on your teaser in already. So, Jets you know, are but, everybody's first teaser leg of the week. Yes, Jeff. Yeah, it should be too. Oh, I thought yeah, because the total is only thirty, anywhere from thirty. Uh, I see one thirty-seven, but mostly thirty-seven and a half, thirty-eight. So it's going to be a low-scoring game. It takes seven and a half in a game like that against, especially against Washington. This league and, is this league is filled with so many dreck teams. It's not even funny. Yeah, and these are two. They really are. All right, well, let's yeah. do another. Buffalo at Miami. All right, we talked about both of these teams. Uh, Buffalo in defeat to the Browns. Uh, Miami in victory against the Colts. Uh, Buffalo, Josh Allen, 22 of 41, 266. Again, no touchdown passes, one pick. He was sacked once. But he does things with his feet. Six carries, 28 yards, two touchdowns. I always think about uh, my friend Bob Stoll, Dr. Bob, who is a big college football guy. And one of the things that he's really good at is projecting quarterbacks from college into the pros. And one of the things he always says is, look, the only thing that is super reliable projection-wise is completion percentage. Accuracy is one of those things that just can't be acquired that easily. And so there's been any number of drafts through the years where he has accurately said, he goes, these guys, like I remember the Blaine Gabbert, Christian Ponder draft. You remember that one? He was like, how Mm -hmm. Blaine Gabbert can be drafted by anyone? I have no idea uh, based on accuracy. And in this one, you know, he has said this about Josh Allen the whole way through. He's like, look, this guy cannot, he's got no accuracy whatsoever. And I really do think we have not written the final chapter on Josh Allen. I don't know how to feel about him. Uh, he loses yesterday. They're six and three are the Bills, but I don't think anybody's scared of that six and three. Uh, and Miami here, which I said again, is the only thing I've consistently gotten right from week to week, is that I value Miami so differently than the market does. And week after week, we are cashing against the number on the Dolphins. Yeah. Ryan Fitzpatrick yesterday, twenty-one of thirty-three for one sixty-nine, no touchdowns, one pick, was sacked three times. Miami wins it despite only gaining two hundred twenty-nine yards. 
scoring on the ground by the fleet of foot, nimble 36-year-old Fitzpatrick, who uh, said he wasn't even sure he was going to make it to the end zone. And then uh, late in the game, booth officials told the refs to send him to the sideline at the start of Miami's final series. I don't know if you saw that uh, after he had taken helmet to helmet hit on the previous series. So Josh Rosen was actually in there for a while. But I will say in spirit of the, in the spirit of the last three weeks, I'm going to make a guess here and I'm going to hope that I am uh, low here and that I can bet on the Dolphins again. I'm going to say Buffalo minus four and a half on the road. Well, I like your number quite a bit, but there's a lot of sixes around. I see it mostly five and a half and six. I see one six and a half with juice on the dog. Uh, I'm with you. I'm going to open this five. I see one outfit, and I mentioned him. I don't want to mention their names, but an outfit that I really respect. They have a five, and I'm going to open the game five. You know, I'm with you. I think Miami, you know, under Fitzpatrick is really, you know, not. I mean, I don't want to say they're good. But, I mean, they've covered, like, what, four in a row, I think, something mm-hmm. like that. Yep. Maybe even more than that. Uh, but, you know, they're not that bad. Buffalo, are they going to put up a bunch of points here? Yep. I just don't see it. You know, Josh Allen, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not crazy about him, certainly. I hate rooting against anybody in this league, like I said, any of these young quarterbacks, because uh, I want to see the league do well. Uh, but I, I'm kind of with Dr. Bob on this one. I, I, you know, I just don't see it. I, I mean, I hope he gets better. I wouldn't count on it. Um, but I like, I like five here. I'm going to put it at five. They'll probably bet me again, low total 39. So we're, you know, points are going to be at a premium here. Um, but I, I think I'd like Miami in this game. And if he can get six and there's a lot of six out there, I would take Miami plus the six. I think uh, I think that's a good. That would be a good play. Yeah, I'll grab the six immediately. That's the first one I really like today. Let's do another one. Still, still early games here. Uh, one more early game. Okay. Interesting game. Houston at Baltimore. That's probably the best matchup we've had so far, right? Houston at Baltimore. Uh, yeah. Houston six and three. Baltimore seven and two. Uh, Baltimore yesterday, Houston, obviously coming off uh, a bye here. Baltimore has, has won five in a row now for the first time since 2013. Yesterday, Lamar Jackson, 15 of 17 for 223 yards, three touchdowns, no picks, was never sacked. Seven carries, 65 yards, a touchdown, and a 158.3 passer rating perfection. It is his second perfect passer rating of the season. Only Ben Roethlisberger in 2007 has done that, had two perfect ratings in one season. So Lamar Jackson, meet Big Ben. You're the only two. He completed a 49-yard pass on the very first play of the game, and then the signature play of the game, perhaps the week, and perhaps the season in the National Football League, and will be if Lamar Jackson ever puts on a gold jacket many years from now, and I know that's a big if. But if he does, this is on the highlight reel. A 360-degree spin yesterday uh, on Nick Vigil and, uh, and his uh, Bengal teammates that uh, put them to the ground helplessly on a 47-yard scamper from Lamar Jackson. A thing of beauty. It's like hitting the Madden spin button at the perfect moment. Uh, they were also four of six on third downs. Noteworthy, they only had six third downs. One of one on fourth down. Uh, RG three, by the way, three of five for 20 yards, no touchdowns, one pick and a uh, sack. I just need to contractually obligated to point that out. And, uh, Minka Fitzpatrick is the Steelers version of this, but Marcus Peters, who is just a risk taker, feast or famine kind of guy. He picked off Ryan Finley, uh, in this game and uh, returned at 89 yards to the house. His third pick six of the season. 
So Marcus Peters, seven defensive touchdowns since entering the league in 2015. That's the most in the NFL over that span. Not sure how analytics guys like him, uh, but he uh, certainly, uh, when it goes his way, goes very well his way in dramatic fashion. I'll say Baltimore minus four. This is a huge game with teams headed for the postseason. I'll say it's more than three. Uh, I'll say Baltimore minus four. Oh, you're right on, but I see four and four and a half. I'm going to use a four and a half. I got to tell you, Lamar Jackson, you know, I bet against them yesterday. I just thought the number was a little too high. Uh, It didn't take me long to realize how wrong I was. Uh, You talked about his perfect uh, passer rating. I looked at the QBR. His QBR was 99.8. Wow. And I can never remember one QBR higher than that. Of course, that's from zero to 100. 99.8. So it was like two tenths of a point away from perfection on the QBR. Fantastic. I mean, just everything he did. 15 to 17. So you're talking about accuracy. Uh, you know, 13.1 yards per attempt, which is a big statistic for me. Uh, he was just terrific. And, uh, you know, listen, I'm a Steeler fan, so it's hard for me to say anything positive about the Ravens all these years. But I, what have I said? John Harbaugh, I think, is the second-best coach in the NFL. You've said it and I think years. he deserves a lot of uh, he deserves a lot of credit for not trying to make Lamar Jackson what he's not. I mean, this kid is a fantastic talent, and they have kind of used that to the best of his ability. And the Ravens, you know, they're inconsistent. I know what people are saying. But, I mean, every team in the NFL is inconsistent. You know, I mean, every one of them. So let's not go overboard knocking the Ravens. I think they're really good. They have a great chance to to, to win the Super Bowl. And uh, I, I like them in this spot. They're, they're four. I think that's a little cheap. I thought this number would be closer to six myself. So it's four and four and a half. I'm going to open four and a half. I like the higher number here. Uh, you know, Houston, they have their moments too. No doubt about it. They're a pretty decent team. But, you know, Baltimore – Boy, Jackson is just unbelievable, an unbelievable talent, and they're really using him about as well as they can. I hope he stays healthy. That's the one thing. Yeah. A guy that runs like that, uh, you know, we're looking at Cam Newton. Um, you know, it, it wore him down over the course of years. I hope Jackson does not get worn down. I think he, I hope he's more like Russell Wilson and learns how to avoid taking the big hits and uh, lasts a long time in this league, you know, because uh, he, he really is a terrific player. Well, there's so many things there. One, you know, his uh, <clears throat> his backup, RG3, the knock on RG3 among several knocks, but one of them was, oh, he he, oh, he just takes punishment. He doesn't know how to uh, get out of bounds. And I always thought that that was such results-oriented criticism of RG3, right? He, he got hurt. I get it. But it wasn't because he was doing anything differently than anybody else. So I think you're right. You hope that Lamar Jackson can stay healthy. Yeah. Uh, but you said it earlier, and, and, and this is sort of macro football to me. Give the Ravens credit. They used Lamar Jackson for what he is. They didn't try to make him uh, something that he wasn't. I always say Joe Gibbs, the reason that I consider him the greatest coach of all time, is that he tailored his X's and O's to the personnel that he had whenever he had that specific personnel. He wasn't arrogant. He didn't come in thinking, it's my system, I know what's going on, and the only way to play is my way. And those are the marks of the truly great coaches. And Parlay and I had this conversation before the show. Lamar Jackson, who, again, the Colts maneuvered to pick someone else at the, at, in, during the first round of that draft, and then they just decided sort of at 32, uh, yeah, let, let's, let's go get the quarterback. Why not? And why not? Because Jim, uh, John Harbaugh 
did not come as a defensive coach or as an offensive coach, right? He was a special teams coach. So there was really no identity that he had to uh, conform to. And I find them, Harbaugh, Jackson, I find that team so likable from that standpoint. And we wondered, we sort of were, you know, thinking football, if Lamar Jackson ended up somewhere else, and this is the big hypothetical yeah. in the National Football yeah. League that you can never answer. But I used to say the reverse of that. I used to say, and it used to make people's heads explode, that if Peyton Manning were drafted by my Washington Redskins, he never would have become Peyton Manning. Now, people are like, oh, you're crazy. No, I'm not, because he would have had a different coach and he would have had a different coordinator every single year. Now, do I think he would have sucked? No, he comes from pedigree. Uh, his dad was in the NFL. I don't think he ever would have bottomed out. But would I? Would he be a much more pedestrian quarterback than he ended up being? Absolutely. Now, there's no way I can prove it. There's no way you can prove it. But I think about someone like Lamar Jackson. I'm wondering if he ends up with any of those other teams early in the first round. And Parlay and I were talking about this. Who would those teams be? The Dolphins, the Jets, the Bills. I'm leaving one out. You're, you're leaving out Cleveland. And Cleveland, right. Cleveland at the very top. If yeah. he ends up with any of those other teams... Does he end up, first of all, playing at this point, right? Um, perhaps, yes. But do those coaches have the humility, as opposed to the arrogance, to let Lamar Jackson's skill set dictate what's going on, as opposed to imposing their will on him? And there's no way we can know that. And so that's why, to me, this is a beautiful thing that's happening in Baltimore. Yeah, I'm with you. I, you know, I mean... <laughs> There's a lot of teams that I think have ruined quarterbacks over the years. I mean, when was the last time the Bears had a good quarterback? Right. I mean, Jim McMahon was, you know, pretty serviceable, obviously won a Super Bowl. Uh, you know, I've been watching football. I'm 63 years old. I, you know, Bobby Douglas was their second best boy. Jim Avellini. You know, you're going way back. But they, they have not figured out how to use or how to draft quarterbacks. Now they draft, they move up to draft Trubisky, and I'm not sure. Trubisky's the answer. Not that looks like not, you know. But his coaching certainly has not helped him, not at all. And uh, you can make that. Uh, I've heard you know Mike Greenberg on ESPN says they ruin more quarterbacks than they develop. He's right. And I think that's absolutely true. Yeah. And you know Baltimore, I guess they're they're developing Jackson, but he's developing himself a lot too, and they're letting him do it. And uh, you know, like I said, I'm, as a Steeler fan, yeah, it's hard. I, I I hate seeing that success out of Baltimore, but you have to appreciate it for what it is. I mean, there is a, that's a good organization, and they handled this kid a hundred percent right. Hundred percent. We'll come back. We'll do the afternoon games, week eleven, guessing lines in the National Football League with Chris Andrews. It's a numbers game right here at Veasan. Welcome back to a numbers game with Gil Alexander, Craig Parlay's father, Jeff Parlay. Excuse me, uh, Jeff Parley's father, <laughs> Craig Parley. There you go. That, it's the drugs, Jeff. I, I, blame it all on that, Gil. It's good with me. Don't blame it on the sunshine. Don't blame it on the moonlight. <laughs> Don't blame it on the good times. Blame it on the drugs. Uh, Craig Parles, Jeff's father. Loved the Raheem Morris reference. Uh, thank you. Back when he was coaching the Bucks, Bill Simmons created a stat named after him to measure coaching performance. It was called Wins Above Raheem Morris or Warm not to be confused with war. That was a fine Bill Simmons moment. Warm. What was your worst Bill Simmons moment? I have a few. We'll get into those later. Uh, all right, let's do afternoon games. Chrissy. Chris Andrews, ladies and okay. gentlemen. You, you can follow him, by the way, on Twitter at Andrew Sports. And, of course, the name of the book. We haven't plugged the book yet today, for goodness sake. No. Um, yeah. It's called Then One Day. 
40 years of bookmaking in Nevada uh, with Chris Andrews. All the great story times are in there uh, in written form. Some you uh, may not remember being told. Uh, just great detail. Uh, wonderful. And you told one of them last week to great response, the old horse racing one. That's yeah. always a classic. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Little Britain. Uh, what, what's, that? what's the movie? It's a Woody Allen movie where Alan Alda plays this you know, total jerk. And he says, now oh, comedy is tragedy plus time. Well, that's a tragedy plus time. <laughs> I can laugh at it now. Wasn't that funny on the day that it happened? <laughs> I can tell you that. <laughs> tragedy plus time. I love that. Yeah. It's, it's kind of true. Yeah. Anyway, okay. Uh, Niners, of course, playing tonight. We have Arizona at the San Francisco 49ers. How do we feel about that game tonight, by the way? Niners, all the analytics yeah. folks love the Niners tonight. And then, of course, yeah. there's uh, MVP Russell Wilson to uh, pollute yeah. the analytics. Uh, Niners, as you mentioned, favored by six, is it tonight? Still the number? Yeah, six. Uh, in San Francisco, good Monday night game. Do you just say uh, San Francisco's playing Arizona again? Didn't they just play a second ago? Uh, uh, seems yeah. Like a, yeah, Arizona Arizona at San Francisco this time. So this is the second game in three weeks between these two teams? Second game in three weeks between these two teams. They had a Thursday night affair where Arizona backdoored them uh, to cover, if you recall, on an 88-yard touchdown pass. Yesterday, Arizona, as we pointed out, lost to Tampa Bay. Kyler Murray, in typical, in typical Kyler Murray fashion, he is not fun to bet against. Arizona covers yeah. uh, 27 of 44 for Kyler, 324 yards, three touchdowns a pick, sacked twice, three carries, 38 yards. Christian Kirk, six catches for 138, three touchdowns. He was a fantasy juggernaut yesterday. But here's the thing with Arizona. They were one for 10 on third down, two for two on fourth downs. They had 11 penalties for 87 yards. And as I mentioned, uh, Murray's uh, streak without throwing a pick which he had since September 29th, a span of six games. That got snapped. Uh, Arizona also uh, lost a fumble for the first time all season. How about that, fumble luck fans? Wow. If you're a fan of fumble luck, I give you the Arizona Cardinals, who lost their first fumble yesterday. Uh, So you can figure this one out. That spread two weeks ago, if I recall, I guessed San Francisco minus 10. You opened it at 8. It came to me at 10. So if that was San Francisco by 10 on the road, Arizona ended up covering. This is now San Francisco at home. Uh, Mechanically, it would be a six-point shift. Because Arizona covered, let me dock that. I will say San Francisco minus 14. You can kind of do this formulaically. Yeah, I don't disagree with your number, but it's 13 and a half. And I kind of like that a little bit better. Um, You know, Kyler Murray... Hey, listen, he's better than I thought he was going to be. I really, I, I didn't like him coming out. I just thought he's too little, but you know, he's, he's played well. We talked about lasting in this league. Eh, I don't see him lasting too long, but you know, I don't like coaching so much for Arizona. Although, you know, they, they covered yesterday. God knows. Um, I like 13 and a half here. Just, you know, San Francisco is going to be coming off a Monday night game, you know, win or lose. It's a big game uh, facing Seattle a longtime rival, Arizona, yeah, not that much, even though they're in the same division. But I like 13 and a half. That's where I'm going to open it. Uh, we'll see what happens tonight. But I, I think that's a pretty decent number. I wouldn't want to go too high against Kyler Murray because they are definitely covering some numbers, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. And San Francisco, of course, as Chris mentioned, sight unseen, haven't played yet. We'll see what happens tonight. What else in the afternoon? New England at Philadelphia. Oh, there's a game. 
This was the uh, yeah. this was the matchup that I had predicted for the Super Bowl this year before the season yeah. started. That's not looking all that great on the Philly side. Uh, New England's eight and one, Philly's five and four, both uh, coming off a bye here. Um, I'll just say, therefore, since there's no game to talk about yesterday, New England minus three on the road. Well, I kind of like your number better, Gil, but it's three and a half. And I'm, I just I don't want to play that little three, three and a half game all week. So I'm going to open it three and a half and see what they want to do with it. I think some wise guys might be on the dog. I think that kind of think the dog is the right side here. Uh, I think three and a half is a little too high, and I think it'd be a take for Philadelphia. You know, Philly's one of those teams again. We're just waiting for them to get it together, and maybe having the week off uh, will help them do that. Exactly that. I mean, New England. You know, are they the best team in the league? You know, probably. But they heads above everybody. I don't think so. You know, they really played a very soft schedule so far. And, uh, you know, Brady is still Brady. Boy, I'll probably get a bunch of tweets from people from New England. You know, but, you know, he's not what he was. And the defense, I think, has really carried them. Uh, but, again, they've played a lot of soft opponents so far this year. And I think Philly, I think they certainly have the potential to get it together. I think, to me, three and a half is a take here. Uh, I'm going to open it three and a half, but if I was out there betting, I think I would, I, I think I'd be out there and uh, play on Philadelphia plus the three and a half. You know, as you're, as you're saying that, I'm thinking to myself, how many teams in the AFC truly scare you? So New England, because it's New England, it's Belichick and it's Brady yeah. and you always know they're scary. Uh, Baltimore because of Lamar Jackson, just the X factor. You, you can't defense. Houston may be honorable mention, but like, is there any other team that's not horrifically flawed other than that. Kansas City's defense is awful. Oakland's defense is awful. You know, we're we're not... Pittsburgh's offense is awful. Is awful. I mean, that's kind of it. That's kind of the list. So uh, I said three, but you're opening three and a half because you don't want to play that three and a half three game. Yeah, I mean, you know, like like E texted early in the show. Yeah, that three would have killed us on Dallas last night. It had definitely had a chance of coming three. Yeah. Um, so I think this will be a very well bet game, and it should be. This this is a terrific matchup, uh, a Super Bowl matchup from a couple of years back. But um, you know, I think I think three and a half's a take. I I, I kind of like the dog here. Last one, afternoon. Last one of the afternoon, Cincinnati at Oakland. Cincinnati, your only winless team in football, zero and nine. Oh my God, are they terrible? Oh, yeah, yeah, and I and I've said it for weeks. Um, Zach Taylor, the the most bewildered looking guy on any sideline yeah. ever. Uh, they're zero and nine. Yeah. Oakland's five and four. My goodness, has Oakland just exceeded expectations? And that's the understatement of all time. Eleventh uh, yeah. in a row, by the way, eleventh loss in a row for Cincinnati. If you extended back into the last season, Ryan Finley, sixteen of thirty for one sixty-seven yesterday, and their uh, forty-nine to seventeen, excuse me, forty-nine to thirteen loss uh, yesterday to the Ravens. Uh, one touchdown pass, one pick, sacked twice. Joe Mixon, thirty carries for one hundred fourteen yards. Oakland, if you recall from back on Thursday night, which we didn't really get to talk about. I wasn't here on Friday because I was under under the knife, but. God, are Philip Rivers and the Chargers frustrating? They are just <laughs> murder, murder to back. And Philip Rivers, that's that game to me 
is why he's not a Hall of Famer to me. I think his stats may put him into the Hall of Fame, but that game is why he's not a Hall of Famer. Uh, but Oakland doing Oakland things, 12 penalties in that game for 97 yards, but they were plus three in turnovers against the Chargers. That's why they won that football game, ultimately. Uh, great drives for the Raiders at the end of both the half and the game uh, to win for betters on both the half and the game. Um, Oakland minus 10. Wow, it's got to be that, right? It's got to be double digits. I'll say 10. Yeah, it's uh, 10 and 10 and a half. I'm going to use a 10 and a half. I mean, here's one thing, Gil, you failed to mention. Joe Mixon had 114 yards, 30 carries. Yeah. They were losing from the beginning. They gave this guy the ball 30, 30 times. 30 times. Yeah. Uh, you got to be kidding me. It's a great oh point. My God. I mean, you're supposed to try to get back into the game at some point. I know that's highly theoretical. I mean, they blasted from early on in the game. You give this guy 30 carries with Zach Taylor. How could he? I mean, he'll keep his job just because it's the Brown family that owns him. And they're <laughs> yeah. certainly one of the cheapest owners in the NFL. And they don't want to be paying some guy that they probably signed with a three or five year contract. Uh, who's not going to be there anymore. Oh, but he is totally clueless. And, uh, you know, talk about teams that have ruined quarterbacks. I'm not saying Andy Dalton would have been Peyton Manning, but uh, you can put him in the right situation. He would have been a much better quarterback than what his career has been. And uh, they just have so many problems on that team. And, and I bet on them yesterday, so I guess I have a little bit of resentment. When I say bet on them, I'm in a couple contests. And I had them in, I think, all three contests that I'm in. Uh, and they just were awful. And like from right in the beginning, like Joe Mixon had 30 carries. <laughs> I can give a running back 30 carries when you're, you're getting blasted from early in the game. It's just ridiculous. Um, so I'm going to use 10 and a half. And it's one of those that, uh, uh, and you know, uh, you know, one of the old sayings I love is betting is don't beat a dead horse. And boy, I sure don't feel like beating a dead horse of the Cincinnati Bengals, but this might be a little too high. Oakland coming off a very impressive win. We talked about uh, Mike Tomlin being coach of the year. I tell you what, John Gruden's got to be up there too. He's really done a terrific For job. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I, I knocked Derek Carr quite a bit, you know, a few weeks ago, since then he's actually played some pretty darn good football and they're kind of coming together. And I don't know how much, is Derek Carr and how much is maybe Gruden coaching him up? You know, but Gruden has done a very, very good job with this team. So I'm going to open 10 and a half. It's probably a little too high, but I'll be darned if I'm going to be on Cincinnati again this week. I just can't take it anymore. Do, I just can't take it anymore. <clears throat> do the Bengals draft, Jeff, bring you in this one. Do the Bengals draft Joe Burrow, number one, if they end up with the first pick? Has to be. I guess I, it's got to be. I, I, again, we were talking about it before with, with Tua against Burrow. It's very easy to look as great as two has looked when receivers oh, are, are running wide open yeah. by thirty yards. Right. By the way, you assume that it was Joe Burrow versus Tua. It's not even Tua is not even close to me to be the number one pick of the draft. To me, it's Joe Burrow versus Chase Young. They have to take the quarterback. They got to take mean, the quarterback. I mean, Finley. Finley's uh, almost in as much over his head as uh, as Taylor is in the NFL level. <laughs> Chase Young, Chase Young, welcome to the nation's capital. That's what I'm. That's why oh, I'm. That's yeah. what I'm getting yeah. for here. Yeah. Right. But, you know, Joe Burrow, somebody posted this on Twitter. There was a 
picture of Burrow looking like this kind of despondent. Must have just been a moment or something. Here's the Joe Burrow face realizing he was going to be drafted by the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> but, but I mean, I'd hate to see them ruin this kid. <laughs> I said to Lombardi weeks ago, though, because we're always talking about like the drafts and how none of us know anything. Just think even on the collegiate level, right before we even get to the drafts. Uh, we are talking about, does Dan Mullen, did he not see that Trask was better than Felipe Franks in practice? Like, or you were attending practices. You didn't know that. Why are we to think that Burrow wasn't better than Dwayne Haskins all along? Yeah. Why are we to yeah. think that Fields wasn't the best option at George all along? Like, these guys are in the practices. You can't even tell. Right. They, they can't even tell you who the best quarterback is. Um, but Joe Burrow, man, to say he was the best player on the field on Saturday is Captain Obvious of all obvious. He was just a pro among amateurs uh, in that football game. So, uh, yeah, Cincinnati Bengals, at least right now, uh, that's who would have the first pick, and the Skins would have the number two pick in the draft. We'll come back. We'll do the primetime games. And remember, uh, with the NFL season now more than halfway through, uh, we got to really all cover VEASAN's all-access subscription. A special deal to mark the occasion. $99 gets you everything we do from now through the Super Bowl. That means you get uh, 15 issues. I'll say it's 14 issues now of Point Spread Weekly, our digital magazine that's made to make you a better handicapper, not just today, but for months to come. Uh, you'll find nearly every sport you can bet on in Point Spread Weekly, not just football. You also get our 400-page college basketball betting guide out this week, or that was last week, I should say, that it was out, plus the recently released NBA guide and the college football betting guide, which will be out in December. 24-7 video stream, plus replays of all VEASAN's programming and a new benefit, an afternoon email summarizing the plays from hosts and guests throughout the day. All of that for just $99, but if you're not sure yet, there's even an option for a free trial. Just head to VEASAN.com slash subscribe for details. That's VEASAN dot com slash subscribe because after all like brent likes to say cashing tickets is what it's all about so again head to vison.com slash subscribe for everything you need to know for that special deal we'll come back we'll do the primetime game sunday night monday night week 11 guessing lines right here on a numbers game at vison welcome back to a numbers game with gil alexander want to know what the uh, most harrowing part of my achilles surgery was on friday jeff uh my my brother uh kind enough to take time off work and come here to uh to uh, be with me during the surgery. I, of course, took off work to uh, schedule the surgery. It's scheduled for the, for the surgeon himself. Um, everything's going, everything all right. I change into the clothes and my gown, uh, get the IV in me. It's all ready to go. And then they look at me and they go, uh, there's been a holdup. I'm sorry, what? Yeah, so there's a little problem maybe with the insurance. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, what is that? Yeah, there's someone who doesn't like want to approve it. I'm like, what? The surgeon comes by. He's like, yeah. So there's some dude who's got like a quota of getting rid of surgeries off his book. Who's like holding up everybody's life. I go, let me ask you a question. Everybody's rearranged their life. If they tell us, I said, what's the worst that could happen here? They're like, oh, we could cancel the case. Oh, and I walk out of here with one leg attached to one foot. That's it. That's how that works. Harrowing. That was the worst part of the whole day. What a system. Just want to point that out. I had to deal with that mentally. Let's do the primetime games. <laughs> this has been a public service announcement. Uh, let's do the primetime games. Chrissy, what's Sunday night? Don't get me started on insurance. <laughs> I've been very fortunate in the animal dropping at that. Could you imagine? Uh, God. Yeah. Between my wife with her brain tumor and me with my MDS. Yeah, I've been very fortunate. Yes. Not my, everybody is quite so fortunate. I was going to say, my, my problem is not a problem. When yeah, everybody, you know, when yeah. you hear yours, it puts it all in perspective. That's for sure. Well, I got a great story. I don't want to tell on the air, but I mean, I'd tell you privately about uh, someone who did not have insurance. Mm. Pretty, pretty bad story. Yeah. 
Okay. Uh, Chicago Bears at the L.A. Rams. That's Sunday night? That's the Sunday night game. Well, lucky for Jared Goff, it's actually in L.A. Because this guy wilts in inclement weather. And when I say inclement, I mean it when it gets below 40. We used to have a joke in D.C. where I grew up when, like, we, we didn't handle snow well. And so, like, when the temperature got below 40 degrees, like, the school superintendents were like, for God's sakes, get those kids out of school. Like, there was some imminent danger. That's Jared Goff. He's that school superintendent. Uh, yesterday, the Bears beat the Lions, as we mentioned. Mitch Trubisky, 16 of 23 for 173. Three touchdowns, no picks. He was sacked five times. Uh, but the Bears on offense, 2 of 12 on third downs, grand total of 226 yards of offense. They do snap their four-game losing streak. By the way, they were so happy with their win. Matt Nagy, this is a quote from him after the game, talking about his players. Quote, they ended up doing some one-on-one dancing, which is pretty neat, unquote. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, Rams lose to the Steelers, as we pointed out. Jared Goff, 22 of 41, 243, no touchdown passes, two picks. He was sacked four times. The lone Rams touchdown on a 26-yard scoop and score from Dante Fowler on the second snap of the game. The Rams were one of 14 on third downs yesterday. Let me repeat that. One of 14 on third downs, 0 for 2 on fourth. They had four turnovers, minus two turnover differential, 10 penalties for 95 yards. Uh, if it weren't for Aaron Donald, it might have been worse. He was grace. Finish. Uh, he got a safety, five tackles, half a sack, two tackles for a loss. Um, Cooper Cup held without a catch for just the second time in his three-year career. And Todd Gurley, man, Chrissy, that dude has no burst anymore. 73 yards on 12 carries. Uh, he was not involved with any regularity. Sat out the first two series of the fourth quarter. He's got a huge contract. I said, of course, made people's heads want to explode. I, I said to Lombardi, oh, I'm on record. They should have made Jared Goff the first guy only on a rookie deal that then they then just recycled into some other rookie deal because you can't win Super Bowls unless you got a Hall of Famer or a guy overperforming on a rookie deal. But they gave him $134 million, $110 uh, guaranteed. So they got these two massive contracts. I don't know what this means for the Rams. They're 5-4. and four. The Bears are 4-5. and five. Uh, Huge game for playoff, uh, staying in the playoff picture. I'll say the Rams by 6 at home. Well, I like your number way better. It's 6.5. I even see some 7s. Oh, uh, I thought I was going to be high, if anything. Wow. Jeez, I'll tell you, this is like uh, the mismanagement of your quarterback bowl of uh, signing anyway. Uh, you know, Chicago, of course, traded up to get Mitchell Trubisky. I'm looking at the numbers yesterday. The numbers for Trubisky weren't that bad. I watched a little bit of that game. He was awful. I mean, I don't know what to say. I mean, I'm looking at his QBR was 64.7, which is pretty good. He was terrible. I'm sorry. I mean, their, their offense, particularly the first half, was just terrible. And they wound up, uh, you know, making hay kind of the second half a little bit. And, and like I said, they kind of came around. They won the game, covered the number. Uh, and Goff was just awful in his own right. And I agree with you. I was a little slow to come around on just how bad Goff is, but, uh, you know, they, they dedicated a hundred some million to this guy and, uh, geez, oh man, this, I, you know, I just think this number is too high. I can see this final being like 13, 10, something like that. Just a, a terrible Sunday night game. But in that case, you, you probably got to take the dog. Um, as bad as the Bears have been, you know, the Rams haven't been any better. So, uh, I, you know, I'm going to open six and a half just because I see some sevens around. But I like six and a half, certainly way better than the seven. 
but I like your number at six. And even that, it might be a little bit too high. It's uh, this, this mark me down here. I like the bears in this game. All right. Let's do Monday night real quick. Kansas city at the chargers. And this one is an international series game, Jeff. At Azteca in Mexico City. Estadio Azteca. Oh. Assuming they can get the field right. Because remember, this was the Chiefs-Rams game last year that was supposed to take place in uh, Mexico City that the field wasn't ready for, and so they had to uh, move it stateside. So this one is scheduled for Mexico City. Chiefs at, at Chargers. Uh, the Chiefs, as we mentioned, lose to the Titans yesterday. Look, the Chiefs could have covered this. And this ended up being around a six- or five-point spread. Uh, Chiefs could have covered it, but uh, was not to be. Ryan Tannehill throwing a 23-yard touchdown to Adam Humphreys with 23 seconds left. Uh, Joshua Kalou blocking a last-second field goal attempt to beat the Chiefs. Uh, the Titans did 35-32 to spoil Patrick Mahomes' return. Um, Titans only had a chance after a bad snap by the Chiefs on Harrison Butker's fifth field goal attempt of the day. Remember, the Chiefs were up trying to go up eight points um, when uh, there was a blame, at least Andy Reid blamed communication for the snap, taking holder Dustin Colquitt by surprise, and then Heath ended up throwing the ball away in desperation, got an intentional grounding call. That set the Titans up at their own 39, and the rest is history. So it shows you Plinko in the NFL – uh, Tennessee now 11-0 straight up under Vrabel, by the way, when tied or leading at the half. Um, but the Chiefs, look, Patrick Mahomes was great, right? 446 yards passing, three touchdowns, no picks. Tyreek was great, 11 for 157 and a touchdown. They ran 78 plays, the Chiefs did, 530 total yards, but their defense is dreck. The Chargers, as I just mentioned, I can't trust them at all. Uh, I'll say the Chiefs minus three on the neutral site. Yeah, you're a little low. I see Three and a half and four. I'm going to open three and a half. I didn't see one four and a half. I think that's too high. Um, I like the, I, I think three and a half is okay. Mostly, I don't know what to think because uh, the Chargers just do chargery things yes, to blow do. games. Mm-hmm. But they could cover as a dog for sure. And Kansas City, uh, by the way, the Chargers, Gordon had uh, 100 yards on the ground for his first yeah. really good game of the year. And Kansas City, what did, oh, I had my notes. Oh, yeah, Henry. Game had 23 carries for 188 yards. Yeah, two touchdowns. Right? Yep. Holy cow! You know, that's uh, I mean, that's some pretty bad defense on the part of Kansas City. Yeah, which Chris, is, let me, let me, again, let me jump in. No let's surprise. Take, let's take a break and let's recap them all because I know you uh, you have your favorites. I'm struggling to come up with mine, but I'll come up with them next. We'll recap them next right here on a numbers game. Guessing lines at Veasan. Welcome back to A Numbers Game with Gil Alexander. Here's this tweet about the Chiefs, by the way, who are playing on Monday night against the Chargers in Mexico City. Um, a little testament to Andy Reid here. Uh, this is from uh, Ronnie Jazayerli. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs have lost by seven points or less in their last 13 losses, uh, including the playoffs. Longest streak Longest such streak in NFL history. Lost by seven points or less in their last 13 losses. Uh, Here's what I like, Chrissy, after I so rudely interrupted you there. I like the Dolphins again. I like the Chiefs giving three. Um, What are you opening that one at? Three, is it? Three and a half? Uh, What am I? Chiefs, uh, three and a half. Three and a half. I like them because I think they should have covered yesterday. And I like Minnesota. I think 10's too light. What do you like real quick? 20 seconds. Uh, I like uh, Dolphins, Ravens. Hmm. Eagles and Bears. You really like the Bears. I know that was one of your favorites. Yeah. Dolphins, yeah. Ravens, Eagles, Bears for Chrissy. Chris, thank you again. Yep. Love you for it, man. Yes, sir. Hope you're feeling better. You too. Thank you you too. I feel fine.
Yeah, I'll, I'll be all right. The drugs are wonderful. Chris Andrews, ladies and gentlemen. Follow me on Twitter again at Andrew Sports. Follow me at Beating the Book. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 